2: Welcome to roto Tuesday, yes, you heard that right, Tuesday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle and joining alongside me as always is Ben Miller. Ben, I had some, well, I got back from an esports event Monday, so it was kind of one of those things where I'm putting together the lineup. I'm looking at how little sleep I got over the weekend, and I said, (laughs) Ben, can we please, please, please just not do Monday's lineup? And you're like, hey, actually, that's probably a good idea because Tuesday has slightly more games than Monday, so let's go ahead and do a Tuesday NBA podcast, and well... Here we are.
1: Yeah, it always makes it easier for us when there's more <laughs> games. I mean, there's there's more
2: options for us to, 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 to go with. Um, but uh, you had a little fun over this weekend. Uh, how'd that go? Well, yes, I went to a Call of Duty event. It was the first Call of Duty event of the new competitive season. Obviously, the new game came out, oh, I think, uh, a couple months now or at least a month ago. Um, and we have now the new season out. The first Call of Duty event of the competitive season. I obviously cover esports at Rodaware as well as doing many other these NBA podcasts and NFL podcasts. And we appreciate the crossover. Well, yes, and and esports is honestly one of my passion projects and I love what they do and especially Call of Duty Frankly, it's one of the easier ones for me to understand as far as esports goes. And certainly for the audience members, this might be one of the easier ones to understand, too. If you want to get into esports, Call of Duty is a great way to start because it's basically, oh, yeah, that guy killed that guy. I can understand that. That's good. There's right, a, lot, right. a lot of other strategy involved in that, obviously. But if you're boiling down to one thing or another, it's that guy killed that guy. And it's it's one of those things I just love to do. Not even so much about the esports, but I love the people that are involved in esports, especially Call of Duty. I've been to a couple of different events for a couple of different respective esports. And there really isn't anyone quite like the Call of Duty community in that sense. The players, the PR people that are there, everyone is fantastic. They're just they're just super nice, willing to help you. I think they understand that you're there to do a job. I was there yeah, to cover yeah. it. But also I'm there to understand and learn. And there isn't a greater esport in that sense for those the players are so willing to help out and the PR people and everything else are so willing to put you up in a spot where you can succeed in that. So and where where was this one at? This was in Dallas. Dallas. This is CW oh, okay. Dallas Open, um, largest call of duty event in or since the inception of the Call of Duty World League. There was 208 teams i think right now i'm doing less my head, 208 yeah. teams competing wow, at crazy. this 192 teams in the open bracket and of course due to some sort of circumstance that went on we were forced to basically play the largest call of duty t- uh, <laughs> tournament in two days okay yeah, well normally yeah. it's a three-day event it was played in two days so there is a that sounds a, like a no sleep it was a couple of days where uh, players were competing until three in the morning yeah. the finals yeah. ended right around one o'clock and this was central time too because dallas central so yeah it was uh it was a long day, and you know, or a long couple days. So, get, so again, that's why it's like Monday. Hey, Ben, how about we just do this on Tuesday? Let's do this <laughs> podcast on Tuesday. Let's make it easy on ourselves. Exactly. Well, and I also wanted to give a shout out. Um, you, of course, get to go ahead and shout out to all your fans out there True. that are listening. Yeah. There, right. you know, Donnie is being one of them. He always <laughs> messages you now for DFS stuff. Uh, give a shout out to I think one of RotoWire's biggest esports supporters overall, and a, a guy that did end up taking first place at the Seattle Dallas okay. Open, Dylan. Theory McGee obviously uh congratulations he's gonna have a little bit more money to be thrown around and on the double ups (laughs) now and I know he is a listener of the NBA podcast too so shout out to him shout out to Team Caliber who took first place it was a surprising run by them but I honestly love all those guys on that team too so it just made it all much sweeter to see those people or to see you know Team Caliber end up winning and uh I love my guy out there Theory so thank you so much for helping us out this this weekend really and uh congrats to you guys and Hopefully more stuff to come, so. Yeah, we're glad to have you back, though. I mean, Yes. <laughs> well, you're lying. You know it's about time. You, you, were, you
1: were enjoying the time. It's <laughs> a long weekend out
2: here. You know, hurry Well, back. the only reason you're happy is because I normally get you Mountain Dews throughout that's the true. week. That's true. Yeah. No, that that's true. So you were true. missing your Mountain Dew supply <laughs> when I was gone. That's I was about little, the Yeah, I was a little sleepy, so. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked enough esports. Let's go ahead and get to NBA's Tuesday DFS podcast here and actually talk some DFS action. There's only, what, a couple, what, seven, eight games going on tonight. I think but- got seven, yeah. Seven games going on tonight. We have a lot of injuries that we have to take note of with this with this slate going on. I mean, we have people like Kawhi Leonard coming back. We have John Wall that is likely to not play. We have Joel Embiid, who God knows what's going to happen with him. There are so many high-priced guys. It's, even look at the center spot alone. I was going through, and it was game-time decision, game-time decision, game-time decision, out, game-time decision. It, it's It's a lot to go through as far as the injuries, and we don't have a lot of information right now recording at the time that we are yeah there's yeah. a there's a lot that we have to speculate on so i think you know we always start out with your your bold takes this has to be the most important thing when setting your laps a who's going to play b how much they're going to play or who's going to play and then b yeah. how much if they are going to play and c if they aren't going to play who's going to be instead
1: no i, I definitely you're, you're completely right and i think three big names come off you know off the top of my head right away it's kawaii leonard john wall and, and joel Embiid. Those are those are the the huge names that um, that usually are people you have to consider every single time because of how good they are. Um, with Kawhi, you know, it looks like he's the Spurs have confirmed that he is going to play. So this is his season debut, um, which is huge. But you know, knowing the Spurs, knowing Greg Popovich, they're going to probably be as you know as cautious as poss- as possible with him. Um, so he's going to have limited minutes, you know, that's, um,
2: that's easy though. Is he actually, cause we, we said the same thing when Batum came back for the Hornets and we're like, oh yeah, they're not going to play him very much. Boom. He gets 30 minutes a night. We said the same thing about Joel Embiid, probably one of our first two or three weeks into the podcast. Oh, they're going to take it easy on boom, 30 minutes a night. I know it's the Spurs yeah. and I understand how careful and cautious they are when resting their players, but who's to say Kawhi Leonard doesn't get 30 minutes a night i'm looking at his price right now and it's one of those things where if he ends up playing you have a guy that's seventy seven thousand price right yeah, now yeah that could if he gets 30 minutes a night if he get just say that's fantastic value right, right right you gotta have some cojones to go ahead well with, that's a tournament the, play in like my that, opinion I
1: don't, I don't think so that's way too, i mean yes risky wise i get it you know that that tournaments when you when you take the risks for a guy like that but there's just no way right i mean
2: I I don't what know is he going
1: to play like twenty minutes? I just don't I don't know. Maybe yeah, it crazy to me.
2: Maybe it's because I've been so enthralled by whatever the hell this NFL season has developed yeah. into, with all the injuries that have gone on and all the weird stuff that has gone on with NFL. I don't think it's that unrealistic to assume that maybe a guy that's been out all season, they want to get some run in, they want to have Quiet Leonard go out there, they want to see what they have, how healthy he is, because you can always rest him in the back-to-back kind of situation. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. The Spurs don't play tomorrow, correct? I don't think so. Don't think so. Okay, and, and obviously as we're talking, you'll go ahead and look at that up, but as of <laughs> right. right now, you know, <laughs> we don't think that's the case. And truthfully, that means that Leonard could do it. And I don't think we're ruling out the fact that the Spurs are playing their state rival in the Mavericks, and those two teams, for whatever the reason, just don't like each other all the time. And I just don't seven thousand for Kawhi Leonard if he's getting thirty minutes night is an absolute gold mine, absolute, I don't know. and we can't rule it out entirely. I think your point about the the matchup only helps you know avoid them further. You know, it's the
1: Mavericks; they're not a great team. The Spurs are going to probably sweep this one one anyway. I think they rested you know half their lineup in the last game anyway with like Gasol, Parker, and everyone like that. So. I think all those guys are going to be back in full, and I just I don't think they have any reason to really play Leonard Big Minutes.
2: Let's move to John Wall just because I feel like we're just agreeing to disagree. <laughs> yes, on, I on think quiet. you're right. and that, That's fine. We'll we'll find out more information, I, I assume, right. as the day progresses. John Wall is one of those players, again, on their point card that's high-priced, in fact, the highest-priced option on today's slate. 9300 He's a game-time decision listed on Fadul, but I expect him, kind of as we were reporting throughout the day, it seems like he's not going to play today. However, tomorrow— that's a situation where we'll be talking the podcast again. We think John Wall plays Wednesday, but Tuesday, look against the Nets, they don't really need to have him play. I think Bradley Beal is going to be carrying that offensive unit against the Nets. It looks like Wall is not going to play.
1: Yeah, when you have the the back to back and someone who's you know just missed you know more than two weeks, that's that's always a situation where he's he's going to miss one of them. You know, it just depends on which one he's going to miss. And it sounds like it's going to be tonight. Um, and, and you're right. Tomorrow seems like he's going to be back. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is another situation where you can consider, you know, you know Sadaransky. I know you you used to in the past. I love Tomas Saderanski. Um, I've been hesitant just because I I hate the the timeshare with him and you Frazier. Hate his name. That's the reason. I, I think thought. that you think you're right. That, that, <laughs> that's part of it, but definitely part of it. Um, but yeah, Sadaransky had 26 uh, Fanduel points his last time out, which is solid. Um, I still I still have my reservations just because you know Tim Frazier's there as well. Um, but I guess he's
2: definitely someone to consider, you know, he's only 4,500. So nothing crazy. Maybe it's because I've rolled the dice, uh, one too many times and it's worked for me one too many times, which (laughs) I can't say too often as we've been doing this podcast stuff. I feel pretty good about him at 4,500. You talked about the 26 Fandle points. Again, we're looking for five times the value on these players and we're creeping to that point where that doesn't feel like an automatic thing, especially if Sadoransky is getting around 25 to 30 minutes. Cause you mentioned that time at uh, the timeshare with Frazier. And that's correct. That's gonna that's yeah. gonna be there so long as Jam Wall is out. But he's the more explosive of those two plays. If he gets closer to five thousand, that's where I'm staying away. But we have a five hundred dollar savings at this point, and there's potential for him to get thirty FanDuel points, I feel like, especially against a Nets squad that's gonna be without a lot of their guys as well. I feel pretty good about a 4500 price tag at Sadoransky. He's one of the value plays that, and we were talking off air a little bit before, we don't feel great about a lot of value plays. Yeah, He's one of the few value plays that I feel confident enough playing, especially if John Wall is going to be out. Yeah, something where you could potentially hit that 30 fan dual point mark. That's all we're looking for with that. And I think, especially in a seven-game slate, we have to kind of have uh, one or two of those players that's just going to go off that we wouldn't have expected yeah no definitely yeah and that's one of the guys I'm gonna just roll my dice on especially against the Nets team so right right we'll move over to that final injury that you had mentioned is at the beginning there Joel Embiid this this one we talk about Kawhi Leonard we think is going to play Jamal we think is not going to play Joel Embiid I literally have no idea what the 76ers are going to do with him we talked about the injury first appeared Saturday and that was okay fine back tight so they're going to sit him Sunday it seemed like that was going to be all ready to go Joel Embiid's gonna be back and then it was a miraculous scratch. Yeah. And he's out again. That part right there. The if, most frustrating thing for DF owners, DFS he, owners if, everywhere. If, if he hadn't been scratched just randomly like that, I would feel a lot more confident. Okay. Yeah. He's going to be back or at least they're just resting, whatever else. It was one of those things where now Embiid, knowing his injury history and what it is, especially the back, especially as a big guy, especially as dynamic as a player as he is, it makes sense for the 76ers to rest him long term. But we don't know what's going to happen today. No being tuesday on the slate I, I just don't know and that's where it's like okay we need to game plan accordingly on both both directions yeah this he plays is, or not, right this is definitely the the most you know
1: clueless you know i am for for any injury on the <laughs> slate it feels like um I th- you're right though with with him being like the late scratch it seems like he just tweaked something and that's that has me worried a little bit for sure um you know when we talk about if he does sit out it's there's a, there's a couple different guys you can definitely consider there. Um I know last year Rashawn Holmes was the guy that kind of picked up all the minutes, but this year it's kind of been a little more Amir Johnson I actually. You know Johnson's only 4000. He had 30 FanDuel points in the last game. I think he had, you know, 16 points, 5 boards, 4 assists and a steal know 24 minutes. Not bad. Um I think I think that's very, you know, solid for for a 4000 price guy. Um but I think Holmes is, is someone you can consider as well. I That's just feel exactly like it, yep. Johnson may be the higher upside.
2: And what we're not even talking about is a guy that uh, was traded last week, right after we had done doing our podcast, the like Trevor Brooker came over to the 70s yeah, yep. as part of that deal. And he could factor into that equation in too. And obviously Dario Saric is a guy that hangs around that if – you know, Maybe not Embiid, but even someone along the lines of Amir Johnson got hurt. Sark is a guy I would immediately put into my lineup because we know what type of DFS asset he could be if he was given the minutes. Rashawn Holmes, though, 33-17-26. Those are his last three games for FanDuel points. He's listed at 4500 price tag. If he was any other position besides center, I would actually feel like he's a guy I would want to put in there. I feel like he gives me a high enough upside right. if Embiid yeah. would be out. But we're kind of left uh, deciding, do we want to pay up? at the highest point like a Andre Drummond really I don't think there's any other option besides Andre Drummond as far as high centers or do you want to pay down and kind of toil around with the Holmes and the Plumleys out there because that's the decision making process we have to have if Embiid were ruled out. Yeah, when you only have one center position that's always
1: one of the biggest, you know, biggest things to have to consider for each, you know, each individual contest and that's a lot of a lot of times what we, you know, talk about in the beginning, you know, do we want to pay up for center? Or do we not want to pay up for center? Yes. Um for me, I know we talked about it before the podcast. We like some of the, you know, Drummond specifically. Right, that's it. Not some of the uh, higher t- higher price guys, but Drummond. So, I mean, that could prompt you maybe to look like look at a guy like Trevor Booker here, or like you said, Dario Saric, just because those guys are, you know, power forward um, designated rather than you know your centers like Johnson and in um, Holmes.
2: Yeah. Well, so along the same lines. If Embiid is out, do you like Carl Anthony Towns a little bit more? He's ninety seven hundred. He is going against the seventy sixers. So it's a 76 ers Timberwolves matchup. I'm I'm a little more intrigued by that. Towns has been a bit of a disappointment, I think. He's been one of the more, more higher price centers, it feels like on FanDuel for the longevity of this podcast that we've been doing now every, you know, two times a week, right. it feels like. So I, I, I'm okay with paying at ninety seven hundred. I think especially if Embiid is out, I feel a little bit better about that. But if Embiid's playing at ten thousand eight hundred, I don't want Carl Anthony Towns. And I don't know if I want Embiid at 10,800. So that's the question now. If Embiid's ruled active, Ben, do you want to have him in your lineup knowing he's going against Carl Anthony Towns, knowing he's had this back tightness stuff? Towns dropped all the way to 8,400 at one point wow. this year,
1: which is crazy because you know wow. last year that, that went to even... Not that wouldn't have happened. You know, and yeah, he's I, back up to ninety seven hundred now. So that's over a thousand jump. Um, he did kind of break out, and that's what that's what we you know, why we see this this huge jump in price. He had fifty five and fifty FanDuel points in the last two. So he's kind of, you know, jumped out and, and done a little bit better, you know, the last few games, but mm-hmm. he's still got Teague, he's still got Butler, he's still got Wiggins all to kind of battle for for minutes in and, and touches with. So I don't know. It's still still not the my favorite situation, whether Embiid's in or not. Honestly, um, okay. So I just, so I just a,
2: don't. I, I I don't have. I'm not a huge fan of towns. How about Embiid then? If Embiid is active, um he's going against carline Towns. Do you want to use ten thousand eight hundred on Embiid? That is one of the highest priced players overall in this slate. Or are you a little bit worried, kind of like Anthony Davis, where we always mention to listeners, okay, you know Anthony Davis is great value. I understand that eleven thousand wherever he's been priced at. But hey, there's always the risk of Anthony Davis getting hurt more so than any other player in the NBA. There's always the risk that Anthony Davis ruins the yeah. lineup because he's out. This feels like the same situation with Embiid. Do you feel confident enough using him if Embiid were active? I wouldn't. Feel, I really wouldn't. I, I, I don't know. It's just whenever it's
1: that high, that high priced of a person, I, I don't like risking it with with injury, you know, potential there. I, I don't like it. Um, and, and adding on to that, that game's not till uh, you know nine thirty Eastern, so eight thirty, mm-hmm. um, you know, Central time. So I. We, Will we know for sure before tip? Who knows? You know that's you know that's going to be a, a whole you know couple hours after lineup lock. So I just I just don't know if that's even going to come out uh, you know beforehand. So I I don't think I'm going to be willing to risk it on
2: him. Embiid is the second highest priced player on today's seven game slate. So there's that too. You know like you Lebron James twelve thousand six hundred. I think both of us think that's probably a little bit too high for him. I'm not going that direction. Embiid is the second highest guy. I understand if you would want to, if especially in a tournament play, it's kind of a contrarian move in my opinion. But if we didn't have 9,200 Andre Drummond going against the Nuggets sitting right in front of us, I would feel a little bit more willing to try and pay up for Embiid. But right now, as it stands, I don't see any reason why, even if he was completely healthy, because there's always that risk with the back. There's Carl Anthony Towns that's in the way that's a double-double machine. I just feel like Andre Drummond is almost a a bigger lock at that point, and we get about a $1,600 savings. So I'm going Drummond route every single time regardless of Embiid is healthy or not. No,
1: I completely agree. It's just Drummond just has such a good matchup. You know, like you said, it's the Nuggets. There's no Jokic, no Millsap. So um, he's going to be able to dom- dominate whether it's Plumlee or Farid. And, and that just seems like a, like you, like you said, it seems like the lock of the day for me.
2: Well, you talked about, and we, we'll just get to it right now. We'll breeze through some of the injuries and in the matchups that are going on. Nuggets, Pistons, 7 o'clock Eastern time t- tip off. Nicole Jokic, or Jokic is going to be out for the ankle injury. More Kenneth Reed Mason Plumlee. We've talked about the Plumlee brothers quite a bit. To me, it's the Plumleys. We have a guy like Josh Jackson that are all kind of uh, lumped together that likely will be getting more minutes that we know have been getting minutes for a while that are all around 4,500 to 5,500. You're like, "Uh, you know, maybe I need to put them in my lineup, especially a seven game slate like Tuesday. You kind of have to find some values elsewhere. Yeah. And one of those Plumleys is going to be a value play, but good luck guessing which one of the Plumleys it is that's going to be doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- those all three, of those guys are so tough. You know, Josh Jackson is getting more minutes with Booker out. Plumley is getting more minutes. Miles Plumley is getting more with you know Dwayne Deadman and, and John Collins out. Um, they're all receiving extended minutes. Of the three, there of, of the two Plumleys and Josh Jackson, I honestly probably like Mason Plumley the best. Mm. He's probably the most expensive of the three, I, I believe. Um, but. There's just so so many minutes available without you know um, Jokic and Millsap that you know he's getting like 25, 26, 27 minutes. That that's fine with me. He's going to get some boards um, against the Pistons against Drummond.
3: Ooh, that scares that's me a little bit more thing, because right.
1: Drummond is is you know a rebound machine. Yes. Um, but I st- I don't know. Miles Plumlee seems too limited in what he can do. Um, and Jackson just hasn't done much yet. You know that's not not to say he doesn't have the upside to do it. Um, it's just the the his production previously is not very,
2: it just doesn't look good. You're right. And Mason Plumlee was 5,200 price. That is the highest of those three mentioned names. Josh Jackson being second at 4,700. Again, filling in for Devin Booker, who we'll get to that in a little bit. An interesting matchup against the Kings in itself. I don't mind Miles Plumlee if you wanted to go that route simply because the Cavaliers aren't that good defensively against the center spot. We've talked about exploiting that matchup before. I specifically remember... Dwayne Debman going against the Kings, and then we followed that up, or you followed that up, and I did not, with a matchup against the Cavaliers, and that worked out wonderfully when he was the starter for the, uh, for the Hawks at that time, too. So I think Pl- Miles Plumlee isn't the worst in the world at 3,600. It depends a lot on if Kevin Love is going to be playing. We'll just get to that matchup right away because that's the other 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off one. We've talked about Kevin Love now. He's a game-time decision with the hip injury. If he's out, Channing Frye, Jeff Green, likely take more of the minutes. And then I do like... The Plumlee brother that plays for the Hawks a little bit better at thirty six hundred. I think that he gets a little bit more rebounding opportunities, and not that Kevin Love isn't. Uh, he's I feel like he's falling off as a rebounding threat. Um, obviously when he was with the Timberwolves, he that was his thing. Yeah, yeah. He's different now because he's having to play outside on that offense and three point shooting more. I really think that that actually opens the floor up for Miles Plumley to get a few more opportunities at 3600 price.
1: Yeah, and and you, you mentioned Plumley, but I think Kevin Love's potential absence just for me it's more about what what Cavaliers benefit with that. Mm. I I really like honestly Jeff Green is is one of the guys I really like if if Love can't play. I mean, he's he's only 4500. Um he's had 25 uh at least 25 handle points in 3 of the last 4 games. So that's that's pretty darn solid. He had a he had a clunker in there, you know, he had a 12 a 12 <laughs> Fandu point um shot there, but at 4500 solid, you know, you'd like to see more. I just I I like that a little better than even a guy like Plumley. I just I, I think Green has more
2: it's a safer play right. Yeah, it just, it's I agree run. with you. And I, and also we talked about earlier in the broadcast, the power forward designation for Jeff Green is a vastly different thing than we have pl- uh Plumley at center meaning that you can't have a guy like Andre Drummond, yeah. who we both like, in there as well. So you're kind of forcing your hand. You're forcing your hand to go cheaper at center. It opens the floor for paying up for a Ben Simmons, paying up for a LeBron if you want to go that route. But again, I feel like, and you saw it as well, Andre Drummond is one of the best values for tonight's slate. I want to have him in my lineup, and that means I have to kind of go away elsewhere on the center spot if I'm playing on FanDuel. Yeah, that kind of kind of eliminates us from using both Blumleys. And we talked. Well, we did. We talked about Kevin Love, but Tristan Thompson. He's been out for a qu- extended time too. He's expected to play tonight. With that calf injury, finally getting back to the swing of things, here's a situation where I think the Cavs actually don't utilize Tristan Thompson all that much. He could end up getting the start, but I don't really feel like he's going to get around 25 to 30 minutes. If he was, if we knew he was guaranteed that, that's a different situation entirely. But Thompson's not giving you much offensively. He's more of a defensive rebounding, blocking, maybe getting yeah. a steal in there too. And to me, I'm not going that route, especially if he's not healthy. I want a guy that can give me a bit more explosiveness on offense as well as defense.
1: Right. Yeah, Thompson's just not a guy I'm, I'm, I'm willing to not, not willing to use, especially you know because he's fresh off an injury. Like you said, right. he's he's a rebound
2: specialist for the most part. a Couple blocks, but um i yeah I'm, I'm not using him again he's a center listed at 4200 so you have to make the decision do you want andre drummond or do you want to pay down really i feel like that's actually a question entirely do you want andre drummond or you want to pay down at yeah, center yeah especially if you're playing on Fanduel, that's really the options you have if Embiid plays okay opens up the floor for a little bit else if you want to go a contrarian route with Carl Anthony towns i get it especially if Embiid is out but for the most part it's drummond or you're going down under 5k
1: Right. That that honestly could be the bold take of, of the night. Whether you know, the injuries are, are a big thing, but it could just be whether you want to pay for Andre Drummond
2: or you know, pay Donaldson. Right. Lakers, Knicks, another seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. No injuries to note for the Lakers other than Lonzo Ball's poor shooting. Uh and then Tim Hardaway on the Knicks side will be out. We knew that already though with the leg injury. So uh more minutes kind of we talked about Michael Beasley's the guy that filled in when Porzingis was out for a scoring option. Well now I think Corzingis is your scoring option for the Knicks and really the one of the lone scoring option. We've seen Courtney Lee step up at times. He's always a guy I love around that 5K, 6K mark. But I don't really feel like I can find a way to put him into my lineup. And it's not as if the Lakers aren't a great option. I just don't know if I want to really stack that one necessarily.
1: I, I think it's okay. I think there are some options there. I'm more on the other side with the Lakers versus the Knicks. I like the game itself. I think that, mm. that has plenty of over under, you know, high upside type of type of options. But I, th- I, like, I just think it's on the other side with the Lakers. How
2: about Lakers, Knicks or Suns, Kings as far as a game you wanted to stack a, a poo poo platter again of four teams that you're like, oh, God, I don't want to watch any of this unless even if I'm a fan, honestly, of those four teams, which one of those do you like more as a stackability option? that's actually really that's a good question i I like throwing at you the fly
1: i like um i like the suns i do i like stacking the suns and i like stacking the lakers so i would say i like both you can't you you can't pick and choose i'd still go i'd still go lakers um all right so that's definitely a possibility to use suns because i mean warren's gonna you know ball out with without devin booker there's Mm -hmm. guys like mike james who's played really well um who's at a cheap price um I I still think the Lakers, there's more options.
2: I like the Suns-Kings matchup overall. I'm not going to dance around the question like you did. (laughs) If I were to pick literally the two teams from the matchup that I want to use and not just mix and match like some sort of bakery game, uh, I'm going to be having... The Suns Kings matchup at ten o'clock Eastern Time tip off. I like that one more as a game to stack. We talk about the Suns going offensively against the Kings. How about the Kings offensively going against the Suns? That defense isn't very good either. Obviously right, with Devin right. Booker out, maybe have a guy like Josh Jackson helps on the defensive end, but not enough. I think for me to be worried if I wanted to use a guy. Now is Zach Randolph is that's that's an excessive play? I, I would be, you know, that's, I, excessive and aggressive. That's probably yeah. the way I would put that there. You don't want to go. but I think there's plenty of Kings that you could think about at least going against the sun's matchup, but we'll, we'll get to that one a little bit more wizards net seven thirty Eastern time tip off. John Wall, we've already talked extensively about him as a game time decision with that knee injury. We're not expecting him to play. Ian Mahimi is also a game time decision, but not a really new DFS guy. And then obviously on the net side, not too much to note there. Spurs Mavericks eight thirty Eastern time tip off. We talked to Kawhi Leonard as well quad injury. He will play, but we don't know how much Rudy Gay likely sent to the bench. And also means that we probably can't use him very much as far as DFS asked around the six K range Danny Green will play with the groin injury. Kyle Anderson still out with the knee injury. The Mavericks side of things, Dennis Smith is out more. Yogi Ferrell and J.J. Barea, I kind of like one of those two options as a sneaky play, but, uh, you know, how again, how aggressive and risky do you want to get with that? And right, Seth yeah. Curry out with a leg, leg injury, also opening up more minutes for Ferrell and Barea. Sixers, Timberwolves, we talked about that as well. T.J. McConnell, though, interesting addition, especially if Embiid is out is a expected play with that shoulder injury. Again, we talked to Embiid. If he is out with the back injury, that's Amir Johnson and Rashawn Holmes benefiting maybe more Trevor Booker. And then Robert Covington, too. We didn't really get to that, but that opens again more minutes for Sark, I think. Yeah, He's a game time with a back injury. Uh, you know, Cabaret also started in his place last game but wasn't really getting a lot of minutes. There's a lot of things to note with that Sixers team that we won't know a lot because it's 8.30 Eastern time tip-off. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: you're right. Um, Covington...
2: I feel like he's gonna he's gonna
1: sit out. I think they originally had him listed as doubtful, and mm. then he got upgraded. Which is sometimes it means they're playing. It's a positive but I, I still feel like he's he's gonna sit out. Um, the Sixers have used a couple like kind of three guard lineups with like Jared Bayless and and those type of guys. I don't but think with McConnell it gets the back. I don't think the yeah, is the way you want. That's do a good it, point. Though. Very good point. And with McConnell back, that kind of muddies the situation yeah. even more with who the heck's getting the minutes there. Um, I think. I think, again,
2: yeah, you're right. It boils down to the power forwards there Mm -hmm. in in, in the center spot. So um, One of them, is it fair to say one of them is going to go off, whether it be Sark, whether it be Booker, whether it be Holmes, whether it be Amir Johnson, one of them will go off. And that's going to be, I think, if not the biggest difference maker one of the difference makers in a dfs lab tonight is figuring out which one of those four is a going to get the minutes and b going to you know make make good on those minutes right, and yeah. do stuff so i think it's interesting to note i would hopefully have more information obviously we've been doing this now since we started the two two weeks ago we'll be setting our lamps closer to that seven o'clock eastern time tip off hopefully we'll have more information then and we could kind of figure out what we want to do with our lamps as of right now i almost feel like i have placeholders in there waiting for it. And I don't feel great about that. I know right. you didn't either feel great about the placeholders. <laughs> On the Timberwolves side of things, Bielita, again, will still be out with that foot injury. We talked about the Suns-Kings as a game that I like as far as stackability goes. We also know Devin Booker will be out for a couple more weeks meaning Josh Jackson at 4,700 is available and starting, not getting a lot of minutes, not getting a lot of fanduel points, but hey, he's starting, uh, which should help the Rotowire Optimizer. <laughs> yes. The Rotowire Optimizer loves that. True. And then Willie Cauley-Stein is a game transition decision for the Kings with a back injury. Let's get to the Rotowire Optimizer. Let's, let's figure out what they're thinking, because- Really, it looks kind of like what I have my lineup as, only I'm a little bit more aggressive than the Optimizer lineup is. So they're going with Jeff Teague at 6500 and George Hill at $4,000, Teague against the 76ers, Hill against the Suns as your two power, or I'm sorry, your two point guard options for the World Award Optimizer lineup. Andrew Wiggins against the 76ers at 5900 I know you like that price quite a bit. And Avery Bradley, who is active and will be playing against the Nuggets at 5300 as your two shooting guards. Jimmy Butler at 9000 and Josh Jackson at 4700 There you go. The Optimizer lineup loves Jackson and Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Larry Nance, 9,700, respectively going against the Lakers and Knicks. That's a primetime matchup going against one another. And you liked that one kind of as your stackability game because you, yeah. you just couldn't help yourself and you had to go ahead and say Suns and Lakers <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> Lakers and Knicks. Finally, the Optimizer is thinking kind of what I was thinking of, with Joel Embiid potentially out. Carl Anthony Towns, your 97 uh, price center and the highest-priced option, along with Chris Epps Porzingis in this World War Optimizer lineup. So it kind of feels like Stars and Scrubs, although the Stars aren't that expensive and the Scrubs aren't that cheap. So what is this? Kind of – I'm I'm failing to figure out an analogy for this kind of lineup. It seems,
1: more, it seems like a prime double-up or double yeah, kind yeah. Of type of lineup. It's I, not a good honestly, name, but it's a
2: double-up lineup. Right. I honestly
1: don't hate it. No, you know, I, I look either. at it, I'm, I'm like, okay, <laughs> Teague, I like Teague, Hill, uh – I don't really love it, but you know they're playing the Suns. The Suns give up a ton of points-to-point guards, and Hill sat out the last game, so he's going to be fresh. Um, Wiggins, the price. Got to love the price. Lowest of the season, 5,900. Still a guy that can just go off on any given night, so Mm. he's definitely a tournament risky play you throw in there and and hope he just kind of blows up. I love Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, I think there's a lot of solid guys there. I just...
2: doesn't that it feel just, like what today's seven-game slate yes. is overall? Just, hey, I, this is a solid guy. I'm like, okay. I can, and then you're like, oh, wait, I like him. Uh, shoot, this guy is okay. He's got a good match. Crap, we have four people here around yeah. the same price that I could all find utility for in a lineup like this. This right. is where it gets to be difficult when we're talking seven games as opposed to 10 or 11, where you're kind of like, all right, I need to have this guy in my lineup. Right, exactly. It's guy. a lot of, I kind of like this guy, you
1: know, I kind of <laughs> don't. And, and there's very little... This is expert and, must play, expert analysis that we're giving. <laughs> I for know, right? Other than Andre Drummond, like like we've mentioned right. before, there just doesn't
2: seem like a whole lot of must plays. All right, well, let's go ahead and just again, we'll be tweeting out our official laps close to seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. I know I kind of have some placeholders in my lap. I know you have some placeholders in your lap. I think it's best if we go ahead and just read through our laps overall. So I'll let you start out with it first. And then we'll kind of talk about it afterwards as far as, oh, this play's interesting, or oh, I didn't really want this play in my lamp initially. All right, you want to go through the whole list? Yes, let's okay. go through the whole list. All right, list. so I'm going Jeff Teague against the 76ers,
1: 6,500. Mike James against the Kings, 4,500. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope against the Knicks. Here's my stacking game right here, 5,800. Jordan Clarkson also uh, against the Knicks, 5,300. Otto Porter uh, against the Nets, 7,400. Brandon Ingram uh, against the Knicks, 7,100. Kristaps Porzingis. Um, against the Lakers, 9,700. Jeff Green, kind of a placeholder, hoping uh, Kev Love sits out. Uh, against the Hawks, 4,500. And then big ol' Andre Drummond against that injury decimated nuggets front
2: court. that is an aggressive stack against the Knicks you're right I did not realize I hadn't scrolled <laughs> down far enough in our podcast prep to, <laughs> to see, see actually how super into the Lakers you were wow that's <laughs> interesting I'm going to go ahead and pick up Brandon Ingram as one of the many Lakers that you played in your life. and I'm interested to see at 7100 he is not just middle priced he's kind of now trending upwards yeah. we talked about Kawhi Leonard I thought an interesting tournament play if nothing else at 7000 Ingram's priced $100 higher than a guy like Kawhi Leonard if you want a potential in your lineup, if you want to swing for the fences, would you still go with Ingram as opposed to Leonard, given they're about same priced?
1: Yes, yes. Ingram's really? gonna yes. Ingram's still gonna be the one that gets thirty five, thirty six minutes. He's been playing a ton of minutes. I just don't think Leonard. There's no chance Leonard plays more than twenty minutes. I I, I really don't. Twenty twenty two minutes or something. Um, Ingram. He's one of the guys. You know, two weeks, two three weeks ago, I'm like. Oh Ingram, maybe I'll look at you know his previous you know box scores and all of a sudden I look at it and it's like holy crap this dude's been absolutely bawling. He's had a ton of really good games, a couple fifty Fanduel pointers. I just solid. You're right though, the price is getting up there um, where you you may think twice about it, um, but I still think he's got enough
2: upside that I, I do like. I do like Since him. late November, he also has three games under 25 FanDuel points, too. True, so we're yeah. talking about 7,100. There's a lot of risk-reward that comes with that. And I almost wonder if Kawhi Leonard's not the safer thing given at 7,000. I understand. Again, I am assuming Kawhi Leonard's getting 30 minutes. Yeah. In this okay. wacky, right. weird season that we've seen in NFL, and really, and to some extent, NBA, too, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he gets more than 30 minutes. And I, I'll take Leonard at 7,000. But let's go ahead and compare somebody else who I know you love at tj warren eight thousand another small forward option or brandon ingram at seven thousand one hundred. forget the fact that you're trying to fit in the lineup do you want a guy like warren over ingram more or are you still going with the ingram matchup
1: i mean if without salaries without without, salary. without salaries at all I'd, I'd definitely go with warren i
2: think okay. that's that's
1: definitely a guy i'd stick to just because like i like i mentioned before there's no booker warren's kind of the guy that has to has to produce for them he he is the go-to guy now um hasn't really had great games the last mm-hmm. few which is definitely scary so when you take salary in, in into consideration that kind of is, is is a bit scary I, I do think warren though is the guy that has that peak that's a bit higher than ingram
2: okay all right so at, for my lamp, i had point guard thomas sanaronski at 4500 and point guard jj berea sanaronski going against the nets berea is going against the spurs of the two i feel worse about berea at 5400 i understand yogi ferrell's uh, gonna be getting some more minutes we have dennis smith out we have you know a guy like seth curry out yeah so it's okay. I would, li- I will likely, as long as I remember around seven o'clock Eastern Time, <laughs> to set my lap and make sure everything's set. Barea going to be out of there. I don't expect him to be in there. So that that's one of those things where I just kind of hamstrung a little bit. I like your Mike James idea. I, I don't think that's the worst play in the world, especially yeah. if you want to pay down a point guard, which I wasn't planning on. That's kind of just how the lineup broke out. Um, and I think that Mike James would be another guy below that five thousand threshold, or right around there. That I feel a lot more comfortable in than Barea. But he's in the right now. So shooting guard Bradley Beal and Buddy Heal. Beal at eighty six hundred going against the Nets. Heal at fifty five hundred. Uh I love Buddy Heal. We had a whole segment last iteration, last season of MB about uh he being a you know forty five hundred price guy that he was the Healed all star that we end up using. The, the lock of the day. The lock of the day. Buddy Heal. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny at the time. And now he's kind of played at the point where you know, he's just he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just He's just a guy. Yeah. He's, and it's he's just it. there. And I want to use a guy going against the Suns, and that's where I felt comfortable using it. But I think again, kind of like Bray, I would take him out of my lineup, given a lot of what we know with the injuries as this stands. However, I love Bradley Beal at 8,600. I don't know. And we talked about Andre German is 9,200. One of the better prices overall. Beal has to be out there, right? What again, going against the nets with John wall expected to be out. If John wall plays, it's a different matter entirely. I don't like a lot of the shooting guard options overall. Yeah, So give me a guy that I know has to be the focal point of a team that I still think the Nets are going to be chippy. It's not going to be a blowout type of situation. I love Beal at 8,600. That's getting up there, man. That is exciting. Oh, stop. And you paid like 1500
1: for James Harden last
2: year. You were all over James
1: Harden. I haven't touched him too much this year. Yeah, you've, you've, you've been able to really handle yourself this but year. But that is absurd. 8,600. I get it. I, I think you're right. Like he, He's probably going to have a pretty big game. 8,600, though... I could definitely not fit him in my
2: lineup. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I went with Josh Jackson at small forward and Harrison Barnes at small forward for my two options. You look at Jackson's numbers, and given what we all thought he would be entering the season, it's disappointing. Even with Devin Booker out, he's he hasn't gotten over 20 Fanduel points, and that's really not encouraging to me. This is more about potential than anything else. I think, again, putting a guy in your lineup that you think is going to go off with a primetime matchup against the Kings at 4700 price, I like that. It's not a great one. I think it's more of a tournament play than a yeah, double-up double play. Right, right. Like we were talking about with the Rotowar Optimizer lineup, I think that's more of a double-up lineup. Jackson is definitely a tournament play, but one I feel okay about against the Kings— I think there's going to be a lot of people going off against the Kings. If nothing else, Jackson should be able to get your, your favorite cross-category production steals and blocks, too, right? Right. His, I mean, his biggest game was a, a 36.9
1: FanDuel point outing, which would be decent for a $4,700 price. But when that when that happens only once in the season, that's, <laughs> that's tough. I think you're right. It's, the potential is there. It's, it's yeah. Josh Jackson. He's a rookie. He's, he's really good. Um I just, yeah, you're right. It's 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 a risky tournament play at at best there.
2: And I like Barnes, given that he's going to be scoring. Um, Mavericks need to have him score to be competitive in that game. It's not great, especially if Leonard ends up locking him down. that's I don't feel confident about that, but 6,600, you can do worse for a guy that is exclusively the scorer on your team. Uh, power forward, I have Kenneth Freed at 5,500. I feel good about that. I feel he'll probably be in my lineup throughout. I understand the Andre Drummond effect. I understand that Apparently, old man Farid According to you, <laughs> we were talking off air, and you're like, "Old he man looks Fareed. Old. He's not even thirty, or he just turned thirty. He's- he looks old. Stop it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Fareed is a guy that I feel confident of using, even with Andre german around at 5,500, he's going to be getting enough rebounds where that should be able to get the five times, six times value. It would not be absurd for me to think he gets over 30 Fanduel points, and I want that in my lineup. So that's more of a double up play overall. Here's a guy like just in general, Ben Simmons, ten thousand. If Embiid's out, I want Simmons in my lap. If Embiid's in, I want Simmons in my lap as well. I think that he is one of the more automatic, high priced plays. We talk about Drummond again. He's my center at ninety two hundred, but I still think that Simmons I like quite a bit. So I had Drummond, Simmons and Beal in my lineup. And it really didn't take that much of, you know, g- gymnastics to get around that. Yeah. It was pretty easy enough to get those guys in there.
1: I think Simmons' price is great. And he was up at 10500 yeah. just a couple of games ago. Yeah. So that I think it's a really solid price. And it's not like it's a scary matchup or anything you no know, the Timberwolves haven't been that great um when it comes to, to comes to defense so I, I don't mind that play at all and it's
2: not like Taj is covering him either it's gonna be probably more like Jeff Teague Andre uh you know Andre, Andrew Wiggins yeah. so to speak that are gonna be covering Ben Simmons as opposed to that power forward spot where he's listed on FanDuel
1: yeah I just had a for me it was a tough time finding cheap value plays mm-hmm. to fit those guys in I really wanted Drummond and Porzingis in my lineup and that kind of didn't allow me to get Simmons in there, but I, I do think Simmons would be a, a solid play if you need.
2: I agree. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday NBA DFS podcast. Obviously, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hopefully, John Wall will be playing. We don't have to really figure out that song and dance anymore. But until then, we'll kind of have to listen and and stay tuned to RotoWire. Obviously, we will be, we will be posting our official lines closer to seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. I always send that link out. RotoWire always retweets it. We'll be replying on there. Your your tweet and your lineup always is a good reminder that I need to get mine out there. Uh, but yes, please make sure to follow us and Rotowire to see more information as far as any of your DFS lineups go. We've got to talk about FanDuel, of course, too. We love the fact that we're on FanDuel. I, you know, it presents interesting challenges. We talk a lot about that center spot. What yeah. do you want to do there? Do you want to pay up? Do you want to pay down? That's probably one of the good things about uh, FanDuel is that we have that option that we have to kind of have some strategy involved and i think that really does separate your line most
1: weeks yeah that's that's definitely one of the funnest things about it you know we talked about sometimes we mentioned, oh this guy's a tournament play this guy's a double up play you know there's a lot of different things you have to consider um which which makes it fun you know it, it's mm-hmm. a game of strategy um so you gotta love it and, and obviously we have our friendly competitions you can't go wrong with those i love beating you uh, yeah. day in and day you out you did
2: get me last week too after <laughs> i would to set my line up and <laughs> <laughs> cost me with sean livingston i'll take the, the win by started. default yeah well yeah. no i put up a fight we got it was close but yes ben took away the victory there too of course if you're keeping track at home i think you've now won about 15 in a row and i've you know had my two victories you got week. me a couple times recently i think <laughs> yeah that was it though uh yeah and of course we love to hear your compliments on itunes and stitcher i love that we have some user engagement as well on twitter too you know besides the fact that ben gets so happy feelings about that it's it's great to see the engagement from <laughs> you guys so please keep it up i appreciate that so much and i know rotoware does too it really does a lot to get more engagement with these podcasts. So uh, shout out to everyone on Twitter and iTunes and Stitcher for everything that you've done for us. That does it for us officially for the NBA Tuesday edition of the DFS podcast. We will be back around the same time again, Wednesday to talk more DFS hoops can hopefully John wall will be back and we can have more information then. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out.